0: So, Mr. Bill Hayward, welcome to Rep Talk.
1: Well, thank you. Good to be here.
0: I'm so happy to have you on on today. Um, I have to say, first and foremost, you you're, you've been an inspiration to me. I recently discovered you maybe about two months ago through another coworker that I worked with that, that turned me on to Hayward's Score. I had to check it out, and uh, I, I've been a heating and air conditioning and indoor air quality person my whole life. And you are, in fact, I have to just you know you've been inspirational, and that's truly what I love about. Uh, What your story, and um, just wanted to share this newfound inspiration with our listeners. So thank you for being here. Um, Your your story and your experience honestly is uh, most likely going to resonate with with many people, and actually many people that don't even realize it yet probably that have gone through some things that you've gone through, and um, which is even more inspiring because you actually took action right based on your experience, and you've taken action to actually go out and create a knowledge base and create you know something for the average homeowner, you know, house dweller to think about and 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 give them a tool. So let's just start right. So tell us what the Hayward score is. Yeah. Okay. So the Hayward score
1: really uh, uses my
0: experience
1: with the Forest Stewardship Council, which is the standard for sustainable, well-managed forestry. And it was a way to harness consumer demand to change markets. So after I got sick in a house, and and that's really what happened to me is I got sick in a house I was living in Pebble Beach, I thought, wow, this is a major problem, this issue of unhealthy homes. I mean, the EPA quickly told us that half the homes in America had an indoor air quality problem that's affecting our health. And my personal experience with thousands of builders told me most buildings that we were building ended up that way. So I wow, this is an opportunity to change the way we build, get builders out from under liability and teach homeowners about how to create healthy homes. So we used this consumer demand idea and created the Hayward score. So think the J.D. Power safety score for cars. When there was a number and a score, mothers started saying, wait a minute, I'm not going to buy a minivan with a safety score of a five, I want a nine. So that was the idea. Could we score homes? Now. From idea to concept was three years. It took us three years to build the algorithms, to do the math. We began with WOFI, which is a hydrothermal modeling program, and then we had to build out a whole set of tools to this simple consumer-facing idea. So if you go online Mm -hmm. and you answer approximately 50 questions about your house, there's almost 300, but you'll see about 50, it will diagnose your house, it will tell you if it's impacting your and it will tell you how to fix it based on the climate you live in. Imagine that climate-specific building practices. Um, We track 23 medical symptoms. So in addition to gathering all this information, we track 23 medical symptoms. As of now, we've scored 80,000 homes in America. So our database is the largest database on homes and health ever assembled. It correlates, these are self-reported symptoms, But we can really now see, or I like to say it has revealed the truth about health and housing. We can see under what conditions, lack of ventilation, proximity to pollution, a lot of people in the house steaming and showering, not running bath fans, i.e. moisture loading. We can see where air conditioning systems are cycling too often and not dehumidifying, and what the health effects are. What the health effects are with leaks, damp, wet basements near freeways, carpet from the seventies, near freeways, turns out to be a really health degrading combination.
0: Wow, what an incredible database. And honestly, what you just mentioned too, the fact that half of our homes are affected by this, this, this these variables, right? All the, yeah. And this database is just an incredible database. And I actually did, I went through and did it, my, the questionnaire myself, it doesn't take very long for all of you out there that, that wanna try it. Um, And uh, it it makes you think as you're going through these questions, you're like, wow, wow, I never even thought about that aspect of this. You know, we like to
1: call it a journey of guided discovery. We had to make it interesting to the consumer. And we succeeded because the consumer spends 15 minutes filling this thing out, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The consumer's experience is, oh, wow, I never thought about that with my house. Now I'm starting to think about my house as a system and it goes through Here's why uh, running bath fans is important. Here's internal moisture. Here's chemical storage. Here's outdoor pollutants. Here's how all these things interact in your house. So the consumer typically comes away feeling knowledgeable, and they've now discovered why their house is impacting their health, and they are vested now in making a decision to actually improve it because they get it.
0: It's an enlightenment. It really is. And honestly, couple that with the facts that – Most the average citizen doesn't realize how much time they actually spend in their house, right? It's literally literally over ninety percent of their entire life is in their home. It's probably more so this past year, but it's it's incredible. And um, yeah, it's it's an absolutely incredible uh, database. So this data, what what do you actually do uh, with the data? You said over eighty thousand homes. Tell me a little bit about the data that you collect.
1: The question set that we have now is is really what what I call our research question set. We needed to develop enough data to to really see and understand where homes impact. And one of the most interesting things we found is that about 30 to 40% of what makes a home healthy or not are what we call healthy home habits. There's five of them, right? (laughs) Yeah, a house can be built really well and it might have an an HRV, ERV system, continuous fresh air, which is one Mm -hmm. of the principles of healthy home. But if the sources of the occupants is too high, it will overcome the house. Okay, so we, we know that if with cigarette smoker. The habits lay down on the walls in layers. It becomes obvious if somebody is smoking. But whatever you're doing, cooking, steaming, showering, uh, lots of cats and dogs, that is literally laying down in layers on the walls. It's flavoring the walls. And over time, all the air is bouncing off what's on the walls. And that starts to just degrade the house. So habits become something that, that are inexpensive to change. Oh, run the range hood. Oh, gosh, with, with three pets, I should be vacuuming three times a week, not once. These are things that people can change. And what we like to say is each little change matters because what people do is they report back to us that I got my score. You recommended these four things. I did three of them, and now I'm reporting two less symptoms. And we see that. We have thousands of responses of people actually intervening in their home, either through habits or actually tearing carpet out and putting hardwood floor in or changing out their HVAC or adding an HRV, ERB, And they talk about how many symptoms go away. And it's just stunning to see the difference. They also tell us on the symptoms, um, they tell us if they're mild, moderate, or severe, So 23 symptoms. And then they tell us, does it go away when you leave the house? And when we show the number of symptoms that people say, these literally go away when I leave the house in the morning and they come back, When I come back home, blows the medical community away. I mean, it really is stunning how much homes impact our health.
0: That's really interesting that you say that because commercially speaking, we call that sick building syndrome, right? You go to, you go to work, you, get, you feel terrible, and you come home, you feel okay. It's, it's, it's truly amazing that uh, that the environment, the built environment has an effect on all of us, honestly. You're giving me a lot of new material, by the way. This is even more encouraging because we paint our homes. <laughs> I love this. It's, it's wonderful uh, uh, to hear you to put it in these terms. As I get stuck, we all get stuck in our rut on this side of the business and HVAC saying certain things, but this is a, a, truly an enlightenment and, and by virtue of sharing this is awesome. So the five, these, these are actually, when you say habits, I love that because it's these little things that could be done, honestly, in our everyday life. Um, and me, you know, growing up with asthma and allergies myself, I know that carpeting and a lot of a lot of upholstery type things can, can hold on to allergens. So if you get an allergy sufferer, you know, if you tend not to have more carpets and more hardwoods, that's a good thing, right? So yeah. these little habits, uh, I think one of the things I read was running your bath fan for 20 minutes after the shower.
1: It does take a fair amount of time to dissipate the moisture, which is why an HRV ERV, which is running continuously, does such a good job at, at managing and, and mitigating
0: moisture problems in a house. So I always say when we're training and, and talking about IQ and our, and you know, I, the fresh air is highly underrated, isn't it? I mean, the fact that we live in these structures, we've sealed them all up to the nth degree for, for purposes of efficiency, right? And, and tightening everything up and look what we've done to our own selves. So one of the videos you actually produced that I got a kick out of recently, and I think it was this past year was, you know, crack, crack your window, half an inch, let the fresh air in. <laughs> when, when COVID
1: hit, we immediately recognized everybody would be home and more family members home and trying to study and try to go to school and working from home. And wow, just cracking the air makes such a difference with anxiety, depression. And if you're in, staying home now in a house that's already, a, say, a low Hayward score,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're going to have a lot more health symptoms manifest. And just cracking the window is a low-cost tool. So one of the things we also do is 40% of our users are renters. Okay. and trying to be thoughtful we had to create low-cost solutions that we call transportable portable and affordable because renters aren't necessarily going to get a landlord to make a big change and things that they can take with them to the next unit or install on a temporary basis make a real difference
0: yeah, that's key too. I always think about the folks that are, are renters or for economic reasons can't afford some of the solutions. There are still things that they can do. Um, and that, I, that's why I really appreciated you saying the, uh, you know, the, the cracking the window and fresh air. I mean, I live in a Northern climate in upstate New York here, and, and I, I do tend to air my house out, even though it's really cold outside every once in a while to, uh, to just air out the house. So your background, you had a family business in the lumber industry, correct? For- yeah, so
1: my background, uh, i am for 28 years, I've run a chain of lumber yards up and down the central coast of California called Hayward Lumber. And um, that's really how I got my start is, is servicing builders and taking care of builders building largely residential homes. In the process, I observed bad waterproofing for building science. I discovered building scientists and I, and I became a building scientist. So that was really interesting, my quest to help builders build better homes. And then my wife and I bought a house in Petwell Beach and we got sick. And when I say sick, I'll just briefly go into it. But literally, we'd start to run the heat in September, October, and we'd start to sneeze and cough and sneeze. And then then we were tired
0: and really tired.
1: My wife's a psychologist, two masters and a PhD. And we just blamed it on a new baby because who's not tired with a new baby? Mm -hmm. But by Christmas, I literally couldn't hold a 10-digit phone number in my head long enough to dial it. And I was falling asleep in management meetings. My management team didn't know what to do with me. My board didn't. I couldn't think clearly. I, I was forgetting words. I was depressed. Adriana could no longer get pregnant, and my child had green stuff coming out of her nose. Wow. So oh, we're like, what do we do? We tested the house, and I will never forget getting the test back. And the guy says, Well, there's not a lot of mold in the house, but the crawl space has a lot of mold. Don't worry about it because you don't live in the crawl space. Mm-hmm. So I was enough of a building fan at that point to go, Okay. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. If it's in the crawl space, it's in my house. It turns out if it's in the garage, it's in your house, right?
0: Wow, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so we moved out and so- it suddenly started to get better. It took us three years to kind of go from deeply sensitive because we've been in it a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And that's when we came up with the idea of, of the principle of a healthy home. First, first, to help our builders because 90% of construction defect litigations over waterproofing and over half the waterproofing in our markets was being done wrong. So I thought, well, builders are getting sued we will come up with these principles, continuous fresh air, properly sealed and insulated, less toxic materials, cleanable surfaces, and now we've added healthy home habits as a way to introduce builders to the concept because there was no kind of K through 12 program to introduce the construction community to unhealthy homes. There was lead. There was living building challenge. They were very sophisticated high level, but we needed to get all builders and homeowners kind of off the ground into the healthy home discussion. And so that was the concept of Hayward scores. Let's use PhD level tools, but introduce it from entry level right up through high school. And then you go on to college for for living building challenges and the others. So that's kind of a unique background for a guy in the lumber business who's now spent the last six years really (laughs) becoming a leader in indoor
0: air quality and and home. Yeah. It came out of an unfortunate situation. And actually my, what I was thinking about when I, when I heard your story originally was, you know, how long did you actually put up with the symptoms for? Did you, so you lived in the house for about a year and a half. Is that about that? Actually, Okay. And in that time, did you actually have, and this is my own curiosity from our trade, did you have a heating and air conditioning professional coming in and look at, look at the system kind of evaluate it that way as well? Or uh, at some point, Oh my (laughs) God. Okay.
1: I mean, so it was, this is 0809, right? Kind of uh-huh. the infancy of this whole space. And I had the local mold expert come and the home homogenization guys wanted to do the crawl space, which we let them. And then it got worse. And we had fans in the crawl space. And and that actually just turns out to make the problem worse in our nice. human climate. And so there were just many well-meaning contractors who didn't understand homes and systems trying to help. There were also predatory contractors who couldn't wait to get a big check to try and solve the problem. And I was so frustrated because, I mean, unusually, I could afford to move, right? I could Mm -hmm. afford whatever. But, and my wife's a psychologist. We couldn't get out of our own way. We were so depressed. We were so tired. We were so overwhelmed. We were felt victims to people who didn't understand how to fix it. And so out of that experience, we thought, we actually have the tools to fix this and figure it out. And let's do that so that those solutions become available to everybody in America, no matter what your economics are, and try to change this across America. And that was really our goal with paper score.
0: So in in your experience, it's just fascinating because you're right, not many people would have, could afford to leave a house, but from our trade standpoint, from the heating and air conditioning trade, it's kind of, you know, most guys throw learn through doing and learn from their, the, the people around them in the trade. And, and you go through it in any typical HVAC school, you do not find an indoor air quality, you know, chapter in any of the traditional training that you have either. And that's kind of our purpose here too, to, to, to expand that knowledge base. But I think you hit it on the head. I really liked what you said earlier, and that was the Hayward scored – actually helps everybody in the process, really all the trades, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. By virtue of uh, where the rubber meets the road at, in the home itself with, with the homeowner, and it shows value in, in the parameters that um, um, help everybody understand. So how does a Hayward score help a heating and air conditioning contractor?
1: So I think it, whether you're a building contractor, heating and air conditioning contractor, there's a, a level of distrust of the average consumer with the trades right what are they trying to sell me and when you have an unhealthy home you experience one of three things you either positive affirmation negative affirmation oh it's in your head homes don't make people sick which drives people who are not doing well in their home crazy oh yes you have a problem and it's going to cost a lot and i can fix it predatory affirmation and what they need is positive affirmation right yes so they can get their Hayward score in the privacy of their own home before you come to visit. You can suggest they get it. It's free, by the way. It's free. They, they fill it out. They get it. They, then write the scope of work and suggest these are the things causing a problem. And that scope of work includes ventilation, dehumidification, humidification, uh, changing bath bands, and then mo- fixing moisture and those kinds of things, right? It's a, it, but it's a scope of work. It comes from this independent, trusted resource that didn't try to sell them anything. So now, when you come in the living room, and you suggest that they get their Hayward score prior, they're kind of vested. They like understand their house, and they know that they want a solution that's going to solve solve it. So if you actually are a, a rep, and you understand the principles of a healthy home, and you're, you're trying to sell the right tool, you're not solving their problem, and they're trusting you. So it builds trust. Um, that's, I think the most important it's,
0: thing to do. You, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's third party validation. That's what we all talk about too. When we're, we, the last person we want to be is a snake oil guy, right? Or sell you something that mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't need. And that, that, that truly is uh, well, an excellent resource. So if you're in the building trades too, like in your, in your side of the world, so what is there for builders? What resource exists for builders to go to, to actually become a healthy, a healthy home builder? Is there a council or so, what, group, what groups exist for those guys to become involved? Or be so there's
1: doing? the National Center for Healthy Homes. There's the Harvard uh, Healthy Building Principles that they've been mm-hmm. developing for years. Um, those are, you know, wonderfully done. Inside the Hayward Score website is a complete list of the steps to build healthy homes. And when you get a Hayward Score, if you have a damp wet basement, there's a basement action plan. If it's suggesting more ventilation, there's a 12 page ventilation action planning. I mean, literally the whole resources inside the Hayward score. Um, we also have, have launched um, through Joe Madosh, our healthy building scientist, a uh, retained consulting process to help builders move a project to healthy home. And we'll only do that with somebody who commits to a year because what we know is that until you spend time doing it and actually get through your first one, it's a challenge. But once you get through your first one, you figure out how to do it on a cost-effective basis. There's also on the Hayward Score website what we call upgrade to health or 12 steps to a healthy home. And they're the 12 essential steps that you use to take a code home and make it healthy. It even suggests how much that costs. And unlike a lot of recommendations, we used data from 80,000 homes to identify the lowest cost intervention with the highest efficacy so that we could make healthy home affordable. Now, I'm living in a healthy home. This room is a healthy home. Hayward Healthy Home 1. I'm building another one. And we did everything that we understood possible to make it healthy. And I can tell you that costs a lot. So what we wanted to do is isolate those steps that get you mostly there, or at least The most efficacy for the least amount of money to make it affordable. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, I don't think that's probably affordable. I mean, it must be a lot. Well, it turns out it's less than $10,000 on an an affordable level construction project at the 2,500 square foot uh, size. And others will say, you know, I don't know. It's not in the budget. Habitat for Humanity is doing it. Wow. They are really budget conscious. And they're doing it because they took the time to understand how homes work as a system. And when you think about how homes work as a system and you put in ventilation, and you tighten the house a lot, right? And you put the right U-value in the window, now you can calculate the energy consumption and you can cut the HVAC system down to a much smaller system. Now, before you panic, HVAC contractors, <laughs> even on a smaller system, Yes, but you're also adding an ERV. So the money's going back into ERV, dehumidification, humidification, uh, filtration, which which is uh, with filtration media, right, mm-hmm. um, based on your proximity to outdoor pollutions. So the, the money's going back into the system in a way that provides a healthier indoor environment and a system that's going to work better, right, now size in an envelope that's airtight so it's easier to ensure the performance it's easier to ensure that the air conditioning isn't oversized and cycling and not dehumidifying. This is all good for the HPC contractor. Right. And, and the con the homeowner now is asking you for it. Like I want those things.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: not an expert trying to tell me, I now understand it's essential to create a comfortable, healthy indoor environment.
0: Again, it's fascinating to hear you talk because, um, you literally can do this from the foundation up because many of us are challenged on this side of the business with, with, you know, everything that's already been built and the problems are already there, like you experienced with your house. And then how do you fix it from this end? Well, HRVs, ERVs are, are one way, if you can afford it, the solutions are there, but I love the approach, your approach to from the very beginning, even before we build, here's how we can do this. You know, for years with tight, you know, we've had several decades of time of tightening everything up. Right. And then we're left with sickness, <laughs> um, which can be I- helped. And I can't say enough about the HaywardScore.com uh, website because there is, like you mentioned, uh, the videos on there are, are absolutely terrific, all the steps and outlines. Uh, the, it's, a, it's a plethora of information, honestly, and thank you for putting all that together. Um, I actually, when I do talk now, I actually borrow some of your, your your terms that you use, like our home is a container of health. I give you due credit, by the way, too. I always mention you wherever I speak. <laughs> and um, Thank you. Yeah, no. You've come up with some great, some great, uh, some lines and terms. I think people can relate to. And in, in our home, as a container of harm, is one of them. And um, your TED talk, I found truly uh, uh, fascinating as well. How you laid that out in that seventeen minutes. If you if you haven't seen Bill Hayward's TED talk, please watch it. There's actually a link to it on his on the HaywardScore.com. Um, Bill, enlighten us on the um, what we need to survive. I love how you put the three meals a day, eight glasses of water, and then the punchline. Tell us, I think it's just fascinating to hear you say, you know, what we actually need to survive.
1: Yeah. So um, the the essentials of life turns out a core in our home, where we spend 90% of our time, right? So it's an interesting thing about air. When we think about the essentials, sleep, food, shelter, Mm -hmm. water, And air. We uh, we eat three meals a day. If you don't like one of those meals, you can pass. Eight glasses of water, but if one doesn't look good, you can pass. We breathe 23,000 breaths a day. Try passing on your next breath. It's not an option. And by this, we are wired, hardwired to think we don't have a choice about our air. Mm If we think about it, it's the last frontier that the building code is addressed. We sort of thought we didn't have a choice. Well, here's the deal. We now understand that 60% of health and longevity is driven by environmental exposures. We used to think it was your DNA, exercise, and diet. But we now understand environmental exposures. Well, environmental exposures, they're out there, right? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Because we spend 90% of our time indoors and environmental exposures are coming through the walls or in the chemicals in the house or the building materials or outdoor pollutants leaking in, it's indoors. We are exposed indoors, and most importantly, that's where we sleep. And if we sleep under assault, in other words, there's a bunch of dust in the HVAC system. There's dust mites in the pillows. There's mold in the crawl space. There's chemicals under the bed. It's impacting our sleep. It's impacting our ability to uh, the body to to cleanse because at night we want to clean the chemicals out of the brain. The process that we go through is the brain waves change, and we want to kind of reorganize our immune system. Well, none of that really happens if you're under assault, which leads to inflammation and long-term illness. And that all happens indoors. So guess what? The home is infinitely actionable because you just change the air tightness, filter the air, clean up the air filtration, and if there's a damp, wet problem, fix it. Right? And you as an HVAC contractor, you're the guy. We're the industry that will be the beneficiary
0: of America's understanding that homes impact health. Thank you. Right. That's what it's right. Yeah. (laughs) Very profound. I'll tell you, I'm going to read an expert from uh, that really left left uh, uh, a mark in my thought process. And and here's a little expert excerpt from your Ted talk. If we made all homes healthy, they would become energy efficient. If they become energy efficient, would solve one third of the world's global carbon footprint. If all, if all homes were healthy, we would save $700 billion in US healthcare system per year. If homes were healthy, they would, uh, the demand for unhealthy products and chemicals would disappear. I mean, um, that's just amazing. Honestly, Bill, to think about that. That's a lot packed into what you said there. And it took me a while to kind of unpack that. And when it all said and done, I think your point towards the end was we all have, we all, each of us have the power of choice, right? Talk about that for a second.
1: Yeah. So we can exercise our choice. Just like I said, when you think about environmental pollutants are out there, uh, oh, it's all going to kill me. What am I going to do about it? Well, it's my house. If I change my house, I can change my health. And it's not like I have to go exercise on the exercise bike every day. Once. I get this fantastic HVAC system in and I fix the moisture problem and I'm using a HEPA vacuum. It's doing it for me every day. And so it is actionable. It is a choice that we can make. Harvard, uh, the team at Harvard, Joe Allen, Mm -hmm. uh, just finished a book called Healthy Building. And the premise is your building manager has more to do with your long-term health than your doctor. All our data tells us that to be true. And if we think about where you're really spending your time, it's not the building you work in. It's your home, so the home has more to do with your long-term health
0: than your doctor.
1: And the HBAC industry has a great deal to do with the healthy health of the indoor air.
0: Well, thank you for leading by example, Bill, because you've uh, given us a lot to think about, and we can lead the way. And it is inspiring. And by the way, you're going to laugh at me guess that's what I just got. <laughs> that's got my it. latest edition. Haven't read it yet. I just got it last week, so it's coming. But Dr. It is Allen is. Yep.
1: Joe is really, um, he, he is one of the most articulate people about how these concepts work. And it was co authored with the Dean of the Business School. So they actually include the business case. And from my TED Talk as well. The point about including the business case is when business leaders grasp the compelling economic opportunities of health and sustainability, they can move more resources and more people than government and nonprofit can ever dream of. So, as the HPAC industry comes to understand, we are the home doctors, right? And customers, because what we've discovered is 60, 70% of all homeowners would like to live in a healthy home, but it's not sure they can afford it. Well, your customer is primarily the person that can write a check. And if some of the big manufacturers decide to finance it, now they can afford it, right? That's gonna change the industry, the understanding. And here we are in COVID, right? So we have this understanding and suddenly COVID hit and we have an accelerating moment because we're gonna leave this time of COVID and we will never forget what's on our elevator button, which turns out not to be so important, mm-hmm. and what's in our air. We will never Forget what's in our air. So, the idea of what's in indoor air, outdoor air, what we're sharing, what we're breathing in our schools, it will never go away. And this, I believe, will accelerate this transition towards healthy, durable, and energy efficient housing. And the last point in my in the TED Talk you know, I've worked in sustainability for a long time. Big ideas, sustainable change only affected appeals to 15% of the population, right? I'm gonna buy wood because it comes from a sustainable forest. But 60%, my family, my health, me, show me how to do that, I'm in. And that's the kind of urgency and excitement we need to change markets. And that's the kind of excitement that can actually change the energy consumption and the energy footprint of existing housing. Because it's not new housing, it's the 130 million existing homes in America That are consuming all the energy. And every person there would like to consume less and have more to enjoy with their family.
0: Very well said. And and honestly, uh, very well said. We preach on our end to our HVAC constituents and this side of the trade is is changing the narrative. And you just alluded to that. We're changing the narrative. We have to change the narrative, especially after this year. You know, for years as a trade, we led our conversations go in for a quote or change out, a system change out or upgrade. You're talking efficiency. You're talking about product features and benefits, right? Mike, you guys we got to flip this around. You need to lead those conversations with health. Ask the healthy questions (laughs) because this HVAC system, like you're saying, Bill, it all ties together. It's part of a system and a bigger system of the house. And I love the way you say it. It's very eloquent, by the way. Um, It it, it rings true, and I I, I, uh, I appreciate the way you say that. Um, So, yeah, I think we've we've forever changed, haven't we, since this past year. Um, And you think about prior to this year, Bill, how much attention water always got. (laughs) Yeah. It's just crazy uh, all these years, and for our lives our lives, literally water got all the attention, but you can't and skip. then
1: it turns out we read the studies on what's in the bottled water, and in many cases it's worse than what's coming in our tap, <laughs> so one of the principles of healthy home is filtered water i mean it's air and water, both are important so I'm sitting in uh, the first Hayward healthy home that was finished in November of um, fourteen, and I've had four years to live in it, tons of data i've got fortunate air quality information. But the most important data is this. Before COVID, I toured 40 couples who were building a million dollar to $20 million homes. We have a lucrative market here. And I had to learn to describe the concept of healthy home in a way that would compete with walk-in closets, new appliances, granite countertops, and the standard features that are competing for the homeowner's attention, right? Same thing in a remodel. Uh, New furnace is not competing for the homeowner's attention. And I guarantee air tightness is not competing for the homeowner's attention. So if you were to come in the house, what I've learned now is when a couple walks in the street, there are three things you're going to experience in this home you've never experienced in a traditionally built home. The first is it's peacefully quiet. Second, full of healthy, fresh air. One temperature. And now I say no dust invariably the couples, 90% of them fall in love with peacefully quiet. Okay. Well, how does that work? You can see on ocean Avenue in Carmel, the trucks going up and down the street. You may see them going by right now, but you can't hear them. And peacefully quiet comes from extreme air tightness. It's cheap. But when you have extreme air tightness, the HVAC system works a whole lot better and it's not having to dehumidify as much So mm-hmm. really good, right? Homer's like, I want that peacefully quiet thing. And then you talk about the dust, and I'll I'll look at the sunlight through the window. You see the the dust in the sunlight? They're like, no, I don't see any. Exactly. This house doesn't have, you mean it's cleaner? Wow, how do I get that? And if a couple has allergies or asthma, they'll say within about 20 minutes, you know, I don't feel my allergies in your house. How is that possible? Mm -hmm. And those are all customers that want to stick with a healthy home process, right? They are now vested. They want to know how you get it. And they're shocked to find out air tightness is four or $5,000 worth of tape, right? Not expensive windows. It's simply going back in and and tightening up the envelope. And they love the idea of continuous fresh air with filtration. So, you know, as an HVAC contractor, in the perfect world, you get to put an HRV, ERV in, but you can get there with a bath strategy and you can get there with controlled air inlets as opposed to random leaking air inlets, and you can put filtration into it. There's different budget methods to get to levels of healthy homes. What you have to do is learn how to sell the value in a way that the consumer loves. And those are values they love, right? Oh, you mean my baby's crawling on the floor and they're not in colds and drafts? Oh, there's not dust all over the place? You ever talk to production builders and people live in production housing, the biggest complaint is "I dust, I clean I dust," and it fills up with dust again
0: again right 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 that's fascinating, absolutely fascinating, and it truly is helpful on our end to hear you say all this um so so with that um I, I did. I did get an eighty percent on my score, so I got a few things I got to address. Honestly, the dirt crawl space Great. is the most difficult one, <laughs> and I know my my kitchen exhaust fan does not exhaust to the outdoors, so I know I'm recirculating a lot of bad stuff. And I know that I I, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> it just uh, eventually get around to that or move. Right, <laughs> fixing those things or move. But um, so, given that, uh, one last question for you: Are you still planning on cracking your window this Thanksgiving?
1: <laughs> sure. It's, that's a funny thing, right? It's kind of a load of questions. Absolutely, I have um, an HRV ERV system in this house that runs at 0.5 ACH or one air change every two mm-hmm. hours. Asher wants you to be at 0.33. Absolutely not. Too low. 0.5. Right. And I know that from four years of data because the CO2 builds up too high in this house without that. Right. The office I'm in right now is, is my, it used to be my kid's room. And I can work in here with the windows closed and the HRV working. But my previous office, which was my wife, it's a smaller room Uh and CO2 goes to 800 at 0.5. So we've learned a lot about really what you need in airflow by room. It's a precision game right down to five CFM matter. Um, But yeah, if if we've got people around and the outdoor air is nice, bring that outdoor air in. And the last thing I'll say about outdoor air is actually, it's not healthy to leave the house closed up all the time. You know, you mentioned kind of discipline. The Germans know that 10 minutes out of every hour you open windows. And if you're in Germany, they do that. So it's surprising. Even in the winter, you'll see them open closed. We don't do that. We rely on That's, ADHD. I
0: did not know but
1: that. To create, keep a home healthy. You want to at least once a week, open the doors and windows, open the cabinets and let outdoor air in on a day where outdoor air is clean because it has some beautiful natural microbiome and we need to reinvigorate the indoor microbiome with the out balance it because just like when the gut microbiome gets out of balance people get sick same thing happens in the house and so the ancient uh, practice of spring cleaning which was of course to get rid of the rat and the mouse that was in the closet (laughs) was also to take the blankets out and the material out and the couches out and clean it and bring it back in and i know everybody's done that at least once in their life Uh and that night you're like god i slept so well it just felt so fresh so that is (laughs) one of the healthy home habits that actually makes a big difference and doesn't cost a lot to do
0: it doesn't and i'm laughing here because i haven't been traveling for the past eight months which i normally do so i took i grabbed a shirt out of the closet as soon as i put the shirt on It's been in my closet untouched for like you know since last february I start sneezing. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I should have taken it outside, just like you said, and shaken it off. <laughs> Great yeah. Points, Bill. Great and point. reinvigorate that closet. Yep. You're absolutely right. Uh, that makes me. Uh, so, By the way, in,
1: in our healthy home design, uh, when we put an HRV or ERV in the house, we suggest an additional exhaust in every closet, three, four CFM, every storage space, and the space underneath the kitchen counter where you store your chemicals. And that goes a long way to creating healthier
0: indoor environments. That makes a ton of sense. How logical that is. Honestly, honestly, how logical that is. So we got to get there. This is our journey. We're going to get there. Eventually we're going to educate the, the the masses. And, and I, uh, by you, by virtue of being here, hopefully we can reach some more folks. And uh, for those that don't have, um, uh, the initial means here to, to make changes, just listen, go to HaywardScore.com. Check out the bills. Uh, uh, baby, if you will, and what he's created and all the resources available to you there. So, Bill, thank you very much for joining us today. We certainly appreciate your time, and it's been very enlightening and look forward to hopefully catching up with you again some some point in the future and see how things evolve here. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. It was great to share the story and uh, get excited about what this will do for the HBAC industry because the HBAC industry is really the beneficiary of the national understanding that homeless impact people tell.
0: Thank you, Bill. Appreciate that.